You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey y'all, how are you? I think I sent everybody speaker and co-host things. What up y'all? Hola. Did y'all hear music when you first came in? I heard nothing. <laughs> okay, because I got this new button where it says you can do background music. Oh shit. I know, I was like, they getting fancy. And I tried it. But I don't know. I don't know what's going on with it. So, oh well. I'm also in my car, so you know it might be a dysfunction. Okay, hey, with me. Hey, guy. Hey. Um, I'm in my car. I'm playing cool cousin role. So I'm <laughs> picking up my cousins from the mall. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't hear any music when um when I came onto the call. But I'm so happy to be here. Happy Monday, y'all. Happy, happy Monday. Monday. I didn't even realize today was Monday. Isn't that a shame? <laughs> no. You got to market in your good, calendar yeah. like payday Friday. <laughs> like, no one is saying it's happening. But this whole year just went by so fast. Like, we about to be in 2023. Yeah, I'm, I'm already in 2023. Oop. <laughs> <laughs> and now, oop. <laughs> um, let's see. Anthony, I gave you speaker. Hopefully you got Hey, I see, okay, I see stacks, stacks in the building. Stack, was that you? It was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, was Wait, was it Juicy Jack? No. Who was doing that? <laughs> hey, hey. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Change it up a little bit. Change it up a little bit. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and y'all don't cancel me. I know I said Juicy J. I don't think it was Juicy J at all. I think I'm so far off from that. But once you said it, I heard the song like something, something, Juicy And I'm so, you, you weren't that far oh. off. Like, I know where you were going. We were on the same train of thought. And now I'm really trying to figure out who said it. Uh, who said that, as they say. Right. Well, anyway, um, so <laughs> I guess we'll get started in a few. Let me pin Rakim's tweet up here. Because... I didn't hear Ant announce himself. No. <laughs> hey, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, feel free to uh, talk a little bit more. I need to. <laughs> I just want you to know there was a lot of deliberation today about having this space. Yeah, yeah, like the holidays kind of threw things off. And you know what I just realized, which also shows the sign that, like, I have not been paying attention to my fantasy football. Um, we were doing this through Monday Night Football, like, this whole time. We just breeze right on through that. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I never, hey, never now thought I about see it. my tweet up in the <laughs> on a display. Answer. I know. I figured it out. <laughs> I still gotta learn how to do that, Tiffany. So what I did was I hit. So you hit like the little. You know how you share tweets elsewhere, and then at the top when you're in a space, it'll show the space, and then you can share your tweets in this space or anybody's tweets in the space. So, like, at the top, it says share tweet. And then the first option is Finn Noir, Space for Black Money Talk. You want me to get rid of it and you do it so you can test it? <laughs> Shello. He's, I guess he's still on mute if, if you are speaking, Rakim. Hey, probably on mute. Oh, no, I, I was done. I, I didn't hear if anybody responded to me. Oh. Well, I, so you didn't hear that whole spiel. <laughs> Hello? Right here, can you hear us? Is it just me? Is Tiffany in the building? Yeah. C- can you hear anybody, man? I can hear you. What? Oh, Tiffany was just talking <laughs> away. Oh, I can't hear her. <laughs> really? Can you wow. hear me now? That's hilarious. Oh, man. Wow. She just said, can you hear me now? <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> I still can't hear you. That's you wow. Yeah, no, I can hear her. Right, right. I can hear her clearly. Uh, oh, babe, you, you're the intermediary, I guess. Right, right, oh, right. No point you know what I mean? Well, what were you saying? <laughs> She was thinking, she was talking about how to be able to pin the tweet up, and she was like, "I could take it down, so you can put it up." Because she had just explained how to pin pin any tweet, whether it's your own or somebody else's, to a space. Um, wow. And that's why I was kind of sitting there on because she asked you whether or not uh, you wanted to pin it. Okay, so Stat, can you tell Rakim maybe that? All right, well, I'm gonna back yeah, out and come back exit. in because that's that's kind of yeah, weird. Right, gonna... right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Slide out and come back, and and hopefully you you uh, or or you might have to unblock Tiffany's Twitter. Right. You know what I mean? Because clearly, <laughs> clearly you blocked her <laughs> earlier today for something she said or did. You know, so you, you got to unblock her and then come back. <laughs> Clearly, that's the case, (laughs) Dak. Right. (laughs) I'm shadow banned. No. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) All right. So while we're waiting on the co host, I got his tweet up there. Hey, Jonathan, how are you? Let's see. Hey, good evening. How are you feeling, my sister? I'm doing and and company. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. All right, Rakim, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yay. <laughs> that well, was weird. Yeah, man. So you you unlocked it, though, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> wink, wink. So I'm not gonna explain it again. You just have to catch the replay on that one. No. <laughs> No problem. (laughs) 
But um, let's go ahead and get started. Um, So my name is Tiffany. I am the founder of Money Talk with Tiff, which is a financial education platform. And my co-host, Rakim Sabri, take it away. (laughs) I'm Rakim Sabri. I cover financial trauma and financial empowerment for people who look like me. And I am the founder of the Overcoming Financial Trauma newsletter and podcast. Can we pause for a minute? Not the way you put the hand up <laughs> virtually. <laughs> oh, all right, Anthony, go ahead. Good evening. I am Anthony Weaver. I am the host of the About That Wallet podcast, where we help you build strong financial habits. Thank you. Thank you, Stack. Hey, my name is Steven Stack. I am a debt-free millionaire helping people build wealth with an understanding that wealth goes beyond our bank account to the person we're becoming. Awesome. Thank you. Jonathan? Hey, my name is Jonathan Thomas. I'm J. Thomas Solutions on TikTok and Instagram. Happy to help you build some wealth and use your bank as a partner to get there. Thank you, Jonathan and Jay. Hey, y'all. Hey, I'm Jay Stevens, founder of My Wealth Journey, LLC, and I make finance fabulous and fun. Thank you, Jay. So, y'all that are listening, we had long deliberations about (laughs) what we were going to talk about tonight and also just debating on whether we were going to have it because, you know, with the holidays, it just gets crazy for everyone. But we were like, let's go ahead and do it. And the topic that we settled on was um, Master P. Now, you might be like, Master P, what does he have to do with anything? Um, (laughs) Because it's it's been a minute. But um, he just came out with a video. So let me just give a quick synopsis, and then we'll get into the discussion. So how it started was um, Twitch passed away. So Twitch, he's a dancer, DJ on, I think it was Ellen DeGeneres. I know him from So You Think You Can Dance but he passed away um, by committing suicide. And so it's been bringing up the talk about mental health and so on and so forth. So Master P posted and said, you know, rest in peace. Mental health is so important. Now, if you all remember, his daughter also passed away from mental health issues. um, And that was some time ago. So Romeo, his son, went to social media and said, oh, you care so much about Twitch, but you don't care about, you know, your own daughter, you know, he wasn't saying all of this when she passed, blah, 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 blah. And so Master P made a video in response, kind of in response, but just kind of just getting his version of everything out there. And so I pinned that tweet because Rakim tweeted about it earlier today. Um, And for the people that are listening to the podcast version, I'll put a clip in there because I know you can't watch it. But long story short he's talking about how um you know he raised his child he's about 30 now you know he should be able to you know function on his own you know stop trying to play the blame game blah 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 blah. and so we thought that that would be a great discussion to have for our fin noir tonight because it was based around money and it's an important discussion to have so with all of that being said um did i miss anything did anybody want to add anything before we get into it I thought that was a solid synopsis. Okay, cool. Because I learned all of that from Facebook and Twitter today. No. 
tap into it though because I feel like this is a very pertinent conversation especially in our community when it comes to um you know Romeo's position is well you know you make money you do this blah 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 you should be able to do things for me and <laughs> Master P in the video he's like well I'm not an ATM okay so, which I feel him you know when you raise your kids and I mean he's about 30 years old or over 30 he might be older than 30 now um you know it comes time we have to cut that off so um with that being said would anybody like to take it well, um, I'm sorry, real quick. Um, is there also a draw line? Because I think there was a similar situation with 50 Cent son kind of saying that same thing. With, and he's about 26 or something like oh. that. That's a that's a good parallel. And um, yeah, we can definitely include that in, in the equation. I wanted to provide some additional information too, though, because Master P's side of the story is that I've done what I could for you, son. You're a grown man now. Handle your business. And Romeo's side of the story, as it's been developing, is that I have been, or rather my likeness and my talent has been generating revenue for this family and covering your expenses, and I want my money. And so that's where the clash is. And Romeo just posted something earlier today relating to how he hasn't gotten any any of the checks from any of the work that he's done, that all of the money that he's generated has basically gone towards paying Masterpiece taxes. And so, you know, there's the airing of, of dirty laundry across social media and all of these blogs that I think is a part of what we should be talking about. And to Jonathan's point, it's certainly a kind of toxic dynamic that we see between father-son celebrity uh, interactions. But um, I, I think I thought rather that it was important to share that piece of context on top of what you shared, Tiffany, because obviously there's two sides to every story. And my understanding now is that Romeo is a father himself. And so this has sparked quite a bit of conversation on my end through um, what I've been sharing on social around the dynamic between father and son, particularly at or above that age of 30. And so um, I'm going to yield here because I could talk about it all day. No, thank you for adding that because I have no idea um, <laughs> what's going on. Um, and I didn't even know about the 50 cent part either. Yeah, go ahead, Jonathan. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just going to start talking. Um, so a, a couple things come up when these situations occur. My first always go-to is uh, obviously the first thing you're going to see is the sound bite, right? Somebody um, got upset in this case, uh, Master P or whoever was first. But my biggest thing is I like, I don't like that it's happening. I don't like that their family conflict gets aired out, but that's the um, indirect consequence of having a large platform. If people can see you do well and you father and son in the video, then they're going to see you dispute and argue in public as well. That That's just the natural cause of it. But I do like the fact that in these examples, constantly, consistently, 
no matter who it is, everybody thinks they have their head on straight, but the same two, for me, rules come apply. Hey, these people don't, I don't care who it is with money, always something comes down to the structure wasn't set up right, and they owe in taxes. Now, I didn't know about Master P thing. I did see where he fell off the grid a little bit, and people were like, nah, P, money run deep. I was like, well, how do you know? And until I'm to the age now where I need straight verifiable source, I need some sort of account firm to validate somebody's assets before I just up and believe they have it and they got it down like that because that that's not necessarily true. They, and it's consistently put there. But in this situation, it's, you know what I mean, one of those things of, and I mean, it, it might be a little bit off track, but it's one of those things that, okay, you're right. In these child star scenarios, I mean, their parents are managing their money. And it's believable depending on how how much you know the story that, okay, if Romeo can generate this much, well, P's career, I believe Romeo's career probably surpassed a little bit of P as far as fame and being able to garner some income because he was in that, um, it was him and, what was it, Bow Wow battle thing. And I think that generated a little bit more than um, Master P's kind of legacy with Shook the Shocker. I'm not that well-versed, but I'm just going based off what I've been able to pick up. Um, I would be interested to see or hear you guys' thoughts on the, just the trends that we're seeing that it just constantly reminds that nobody really has this thing set up right. And why would they? I mean, no one, none of us, to my knowledge, had money <laughs> to know that, oh, I need to set this stuff up. Yeah, go ahead, Rakim. Yeah, I just want to start off by saying that I think, you know, multiple truths can hold the same space at the same time, right? So um, I was just kind of looking through some of the discussion had before settling on this topic and and, and certainly this topic itself. I think um, Master P and what it is that he represents for uh, the Black community um, from the perspective of an entrepreneur, an independent entrepreneur, that having basically you know, made something of himself from nothing has been almost idolized and that, um, you know, there's been a lot of conversation that I've been a part of where he um, has been said that he hasn't gotten his flowers or he hasn't been recognized for all the work that he's done because he's he's a hustler. Like he made, he made what he needed to make happen. Um, but in acknowledging his greatness and you know the hustling spirit that he has brought to the industry and himself and you know terming in amassing rather personal wealth and for his family what we're seeing on the part of Romeo is that you know the uh I don't want to use the word deification but idolizing their story idolizing his story specifically and what it is that he's presenting financially to the world isn't exactly what it um what it seems and um and I have I have thoughts right about this whole dynamic and I shared in this tweet about the dynamic between father and son in a roundabout way um that I experienced with my own father 
And uh, it doesn't have anything to do with finances, but I think obviously money in the spotlight that comes with platforms like the ones that they have, to Jonathan's point, definitely exacerbate the issue of um, what is communication, what is that relationship, what is respect, and what are the perspectives that we're looking at these scenarios um, through. And so there's been a trend of late, and I don't know if anybody else has kind of peeped, but where children of politicians, celebrities, et cetera, are putting their parents on blast in front of this very eager audience through social media and um, articulating their vantage point of what has happened or, or, or what have you, their truth, for lack of better phrasing. And um, and that celebrate is like, yeah, you know, break the generational curse, expose the generational trauma. But there's also debate on the other side that says, are you being an entitled brat, for lack of better phrasing? And so um, as, as we talk about the financial side of this and the uh, idolization that comes with, oh, this is a family with money or this is a family that's created something out of nothing. I do think that it's important, too, to talk about how my truth as a child is going to look very different than my parents' truth as a, as a human being, as a father, and that your truth as a child at 15 might look very different than your truth as a child at 30, and so on and so forth. Yeah, that's good. Um, Jonathan? Uh, it, not to jar at you, right, Kim. By the way, we know uh, the podcast is going to do numbers next next year. It just came out a little too late this year uh, for 2022. But when you come in, um, I did want to point out, kind of in your late, latest point or the latter point of your uh, comment, that I think what also is spurring a little bit of the reaction, because there is themes running around in the social media culture right now about the disagreement of hey you get to 18 you get to 21 it's time for you parents just putting their kids out or the first time you get a job you need to be paying me rent rather than helping to uplift now there's for me there is kind of schools of thought in the sense of uh, Romeo has gone to school Romeo does know the business there's a lot of different ways that even though everything wasn't squeaky clean by the book set up, his life is set up in a way for him to be, have a certain level of success without his father. And so, I mean, just personally speaking, I know for me, I can see and I can understand Master P's point. Like, I mean, you're 30. I mean, at what point do I stop propping you up? Uh, that's why I brought up the, the whole 50 cent thing. It wasn't to shame the the young man but i'm like dude you're 26 and you complain about getting 100 grand in child support which is tax-free money but you're 26 at what point is the line of parenting and support no longer a thing and you there is no easy transition the only easy transition is if you say okay at 18 you start doing this here's your walkout plan for you to start living on your own and taking on your own life. But a lot of the arguments and I haven't dove too deep. I'm just kind of watching the size banter, but the central argument is 
like my mom, 17, 18, once you're out of high school, hey, have your plan, go to it. You really are responsible for yourself. She wasn't going to kick me on the street, but you do need to be paying rent and all those. I, I went through all those things. And I can understand the personal responsibility that it teaches a person to take care of yourself rather than my parents got my back and I decide when I leave the house. And you're not contributing to the house, even though you are bringing in an income that could help offset some of their expenses. Like they're, um, that, That's kind of where I was going with that thought off of your latter point there, um, Rakim. Yeah, that brings up a whole different discussion, which we can get into, but I want to go ahead and give Stack um, uh, the ability to speak if he had his hand up first. Yeah, honestly, I was just listening to uh, some of the things that were shared, and I obviously, we we don't know these people personally as far as, you know, uh, Romeo, which he's 33, uh, and, and his dad, uh, Master P. Um, and, and so we kind of have people reacting as I think it was said of just kind of from what your perspective is on how you see it. Uh, you know, some people are looking at and saying, man, I wish I had, you know, a parent set me up, uh, like Master P it seems has set up, uh, Romeo and then there's also just some people who are just rooting for chaos of the drama of the back and forth and for for me when it was sent uh to me to to just look at before tonight uh when I was listening to the video honestly I was just sad um to see it be you know see a family's uh, private dirty laundry be put out um, the strife between uh, a, a father and son that that it couldn't be uh, respectfully handled behind closed doors. I mean, I think I think about it as as a son myself. I'm thankful that my my uh, dad is still alive um, and can you know talk to him and relate to him. I'm actually looking forward to seeing him. Uh, for these uh, Christmas holidays. Um, and so that was, that was unfortunate to see. And I've lived the dynamic of being, being an adult in, in my thirties. And as I'm learning more, seeing what, what my parents really knew well, or if I specifically say my dad of just being like, man, these are things that I'm thankful for that he would pass down to me, but then also seeing some of those blind spots and be like, Oh man, like this was something that, that I would definitely do different. Um, and trying to really balance those things of saying, man, I want to, I want to respect you. And, uh, but also if I see things that are off saying, Hey, how can, how can we do this better? And I just hate that, that conversation happened so nastily and publicly. And for all I know, maybe that was the only way that Romeo could get his attention. It still sucks though. 
Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, when I was watching the video, you know, you can tell that Master P is hurt. Um, I mean, in my opinion, you can tell from the video that he's hurt about the situation. Um, and like you said, you know, it's unfortunate that we all have to watch it play out when this should be handled behind closed doors. But at the same time, I'm just also thinking about it from an educational standpoint, like how we're talking about it tonight. Had they not did this, <laughs> you know, we wouldn't be able to have this discussion. So I can kind of see both sides of that kind of coin. Um, but it was very sad to watch uh, just him kind of pouring his heart out over a video when he said he tried to talk to his son, couldn't talk to him. Um, so anyway, uh, I want to go to Ronnie and then uh, Stephen Hughes. Yeah, um, man. Just like uh, what Stephen Stack said, this is extremely unfortunate situation. I cringed actually listening to the videos. I, it's like you can't take your eyes off of it, but at the same time, it's just it, it, it you feel it in your gut. So I kind of cringe watching this. But what I I got a lot of thoughts on this. But what I try to do is look at it from both sides. So um, let me let me try to get into the mind of Romeo. So Romeo, kind of as a child and all child, when you are a child, your father is like a superhero to you. Like it's, it's a man that looks like you, but he's super strong. He's super intelligent, right? He, he's good at sports. He's cool. All of that type of stuff. Your father is like a superhero to you when you're younger. Then as you begin to grow up, and this is where I think kind of Romeo is at, you start to become your own man and you begin to view your father or your parents as just human beings, right? Men and women, men and women with all sorts of flaws. Uh, and, I, and I think that's where Romeo is kind of getting to, uh, where he's looking at his dad, not as like Master P, this, you know, uh, you know, wealthy entertainer. He's like, nah, this is, this is my father, but this is also a man. And we, you know, we got some, some things. He, yeah, he raised me, he set me up, but there's some other things here that I don't agree with now that I'm becoming a man myself. And I think they ha they're having trouble with that dynamic in the relationship. But what I see as far as Master P as the parent, he's like, you wouldn't even be Romeo if it wasn't for me, Master P. So, you know, I set you up, you know, you kind of entitled. Right. Which me personally, I think he is a little entitled because, you know, how many of us would love to be set up the way that Master P has set Romeo up? So Master P is like, man, I set you up. You know, all of the stuff that you're talking about is coming about because of some money stuff, is at least what it seems like based on the background of what you all said, because I'm not too familiar with the background. But I think that's how Master P is seeing it. And that's how I'm seeing it as well. I'm like, hold on. He set you up. You're talking about you haven't getting paid out and all of that good stuff. You wouldn't even be in a position to be paid out if it wasn't for Master P and his reputation and legacy. So I'm looking at it from both sides to try to see if I can understand it. But right now, I'm kind of leaning more on the Master P side. That's my two cents. Thank you, Ronnie. Um, and I totally agree with you. I mean, you know, I would love to be Romeo right now, <laughs> even if he don't have all his coins. Um, but, you know, it, it, I guess it's all about perspective, too. So since he grew up to where he had all of this and all of that, 
now he's looking like, okay, well, I still need to have this. Dad is like, mm, yeah, not on my back anymore. Um, and so, you know, it, it just, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, go ahead, Steven. Um, let me know if y'all can hear me all right, because I'm driving. Yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah we, we hear you. Okay, solid. Um, so I, I think that just hearing, uh, I don't know an, enough about all the background details as far as, like, who did what. I just know there's conflict in um, social media about Romeo and his dad, Pete. And so um, a couple of things that I think about when I hear, like, some of y'all's comments is that, was an electrician, right? And he taught me his trade of electrical work. And so, like, I should never doing that, but there's a way where I take that or work with somebody. And I think that Even, like that be you're breaking up a yeah. little bit. Okay. Well, I'm I'm coming through the mountains of Pennsylvania, so I might just pause. Okay, because I think I like where you're going, <laughs> but it's like we can hear right, every yeah. word. Yeah, I was gonna say you started sounding perfect once once you uh, said you were going through the mountains. Okay. Well, I'll give it another shot. It looks like I got five bars, but um, I was just saying that like. I keep hearing y'all use the term that he set him up and like in the community uh, getting set up isn't always a good thing. So I think that we're talking about Romeo being set up by P in regards of him putting him on, giving him a platform to like make money from doing these different things. That's the family business. What else were you going to do for your son? Like what else were you going to do for your kids? So, I mean, he, I think that Master P should have done that. Um, but in regards of like how Romeo may be taking it, just cause I don't know all the details. If he was earning money and paying like for, you know, expenses that weren't his expenses, but this is how the money was always managed and controlled in his family. Then we should not have an expectation that Romeo should just be grateful that he got put on by his dad, because that's his dad. His, I mean, why wouldn't he, why wouldn't his dad put him on? And so like, I, I think, I think y'all mentioned uh, a couple of things in regards of, like, how how you may view your father your parents as you get older. Like, you view them as humans. And as I got older, like, me and my dad, um, like, we, we our relationship changed before the better. Like, we were friends, really, towards the end of his life. And so I think that, um, I think that they can get back to it because they're father and son. But at the end of the day, like, I've had conversations with my parents about money with, mentioning that, hey, I don't think y'all are doing this the right way, but I'm also now a financial therapist. Who is supposed to teach them how to do it the right way outside of me? And so I think um, there's a lot of things that, you know, there's a lot of things I can say about this subject, but I think that Romeo, um, in this position, like, you know, feel how you feel, express how you you feel, but your, your responsibility as a man at the age of 33, like, you should pick up that mantle and run with it as a man and not have the expectation that your parents going to put you on. Because really, like, any support from his parents at this point is icing on the cake because he's 33 years old. And there's an, there's an expectation that may have been set by P 
and the family to say, like, oh, this is family business. We're going to put it all in one pot and take care of it like this. But um, the nature of a man is that you're going to provide and get it on your own, even with the family. It's like interdependence. And so um, I hope that there's a point that they can get back to that, like interdependence on saying, like, yeah, get your own, and I'm going to get mine, but we're going to build stuff together. I hope that came through. Yes. It came it perfectly. Thank you for reiterating um, that because it was a really good point. You made some excellent points, matter of fact. Um, I want to go to Jonathan and then Rakim. Oh, I'm sorry. Come back to me. I, I just went into a wrong area. <laughs> okay, no problem because I think I said that backwards anyway. I think Rakim had his hand up first. So you saved me. All right, go ahead, Rakim. <laughs> um... I think there are a lot of great points being made. And uh, I also think that this dynamic that we're talking about has less to do with money than it does like their relationship trauma. And um, because, you know, Tiffany, to your point, the whole drama started when uh, Master P acknowledged Twitch suicide and mental health. And that's when Romeo went and responded on his own page. So we don't know how long it was brewing before, you know, these public facing statements were made. But what we do know is that it was brewing. And so I think about my relationship with my dad um, in this particular instance, and I feel very blessed to have a great relationship with him today. But that hasn't always been the case. And um, similar to Romeo situation like my parents separated and when my parents separated as their oldest child and my mom's firstborn son I took it personally and there was a lot of confusion for a lot of years between my father and I around this anger that I had assumed that wasn't mine but also there was anger and frustration towards him that was his. And so one day we had a conversation where, you know, we got into it. It was a tough conversation. It was hours and hours and hours long. And he said, I, all these years, I thought you were mad at me because your mom, like, basically, like, groomed you to be mad at me. And I'm like, nah, like, I'm mad at you because of you. Like, you did this, 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 and this. This is the impact of what those things were on me. And he didn't even consider that before I, I had the voice to really share that with him. And, uh, and then he acknowledged that he apologized and we've moved on. But before we got to that point, there was a lot of pain. There was a lot of misunderstanding. There was a lot of assumptions made. There was a lot of um, me, you know, poking out my chest and being like, yeah, like, I'm grown now, like, I'm not going to be afraid of you. And I think, you know, in sharing this with you guys very transparently, the reason behind that, um, rather my intent behind that, is to say that I think in, in this particular instance, there's a lot of misunderstanding between the two of them. Obviously, there's pain on the part of Romeo where, um, and I've been paying attention to, like, what he's been putting out there. So, um, it sounds like he's trying to do healing work to address what that trauma is. But Master P is looking at it like, you know, I put you on. 
And so when I hear, you know, some of the justification behind that, well, yes, that was what he was supposed to do. And I completely agree. And, um, you know, that he's being entitled or he's kind of being a brat. I think that that might be true, too. But I also think that he's older and kind of set in his ways and that maybe he's not willing to acknowledge that some of the choices that he made as a parent did cause harm to his child and that he doesn't want to be accountable or responsible to the way that his child is reacting. Because when we look at the temper tantrums that children have, a lot of times the parent's response is to just let them have their temper tantrum and ignore it. And so when we look at, and this was a piece of information that I had shared with my dad when we were going through this, um, I said, the person that I was at 15 years old is very different than the person that I am at 30. Like, you can't look at my outburst or my hurt or my trauma as me having a temper tantrum. I'm not a child. I have the words to articulate how you made me feel. And I have the words to suggest what you can do to correct that. And so when my father realized that I was not a child having a temper tantrum and he was open to having the discourse that ultimately led to healing, we became best friends. And I mean, I, there's still like, I think there's always going to be work to do on the part of parents, but I talk to my dad almost every day and we talk for hours and hours and hours. And, and the, the nature of our relationship is not that he's the authority that I have to yield to. It's that we are two men with a mutual respect and appreciation for the relationship that we share. And yes, I can go to him and ask for his wisdom and his insight because he's been on this planet longer than I have. But he can also learn from me in the way that, you know, Stephen just shared on topics that maybe he did not have exposure to or education around. And that makes for um, a better family unit as a whole. Um, and we talk about concepts of legacy and generational wealth. I think a lot of that is the foundation for what generational wealth can look like because we're on the same page working towards the same or a very similar mission. And that will align financially, spiritually, emotionally, in every other uh, way that that it can show up. And so I think that's the that's the point that they're at right now where they have to like Master P has to kind of like take it down and acknowledge like, yes, I caused trauma in your life and I want to I'm going to take responsibility and accountability for that. And Romeo stepping into his manhood and saying, hey, look, dad, like this is how you hurt me and this is what I'm looking for you to do to make it right. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And see, my thing is like this work that they're sorry, y'all, my kids, this work that they're doing. Hold on. Uh, I'll, I'll say real quick while uh, Tiffany is corralling uh, the, the young one. Um, but when it comes to uh, the things that Rakim just mentioned, um, not just spiritually, emotionally, physically, but financially as well. Like, I think that if they get back on track, it will only be a benefit for their family. Like, both of their individual families and their family collectively. 
Yes, and thank you, Stephen, for um, <laughs> winging it for me. Uh, but yes, that was part of the point where I was getting to was I hate that they're doing it on a public platform, but these are the conversations that they need to be having um, as a family unit. Like similar to Rakim, you know, growing up, um, I wasn't really around my dad like that. But um, when a few years ago, when he thought he was on his deathbed, he told me, he was like, he distanced himself from me because he felt like my mom took him away, took me away from him, you know, when I moved to North Carolina and blah, 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 blah. And so it was like all of that contention was kind of just rubbing off on me as well. And so having more of an understanding from his perspective, where he was coming from, it actually made our relationship better. So I feel like this conversation that they're having publicly probably needs to be held privately, but it is a conversation that they need to have. All right. So Jonathan, are you ready yet? <laughs> yes. I appreciate you guys' patience there. Um, no, um, as you guys were speaking, a couple things. Number one, Rakim and all you guys, I, I'm very much one of my second things to wealth is quality relationship. And how I define it is how well you all can handle conflict, whether it's interpersonal with your family or your wife or at work, friends, however you define it. I will say a positive is um, if they are having that struggle. See, I don't have a problem with them putting their display on the platform if it walks all the way through to a healthy ending. Because the fact of the matter is uh, we all preach and we've all been to some form of counseling. We all kind of understand the, the, the resources and tools you need to do in your communication style and approach and your mindset to have a healthy boundary. But the truth, I would say, or the difficulty is we don't have enough of those conflict dynamic examples in the larger platforms because, uh, and like I said, uh, the only reason why I can understand, uh, one big reason why I can understand Master P's side is because his generation, money was the solution. You hand that to somebody who came after where you no longer have the money, now you can address some of the root causes behind it. That that's one to me one big benefit that if they're able to walk this down and have some level of uh, reconciliation and people are able to watch that just like they watch them blow up, it may not be as popular, but at least you see the person comes out of oh when I have conflict, that's an example of how I should be dealing with my conflict because I might not be into therapy, but I do listen to their music, I do follow them. And they seem to handle their conflict with their uh, parents well. The second uh, thing, and I'll then yield, is the fact that it's still, just like I kind of shared on last week, the whole idea of, to me, uh, mental health, healthy boundaries, is just as uh, fresh and popular. And it's a good thing uh, and new still as, like the products for building wealth. Our parents, I know for me, uh, just as an example, I ha I've always had a good relationship with my mother, like you guys kind of stated with your, with your parents. One of the things that I realized, though, after going through counseling was when I started to think about the way we handle conflict 
And the way my mom may shut down, there was a simple line, not just with her, but anybody. My wife had to do it with her parents, sister, whoever. Like, hey, we have a problem here. If you're not about dealing with problems where we can respect each other's points of views, look to see where, be a little bit introspective in the process to see where we can improve, then we're going to have a problem with following this relationship forward. This is not going to be a situation where because you're my mother, because you're my brother or whoever, we just sit up and disrespect each other, say it's okay because we family, then we go and hang out at the bar, we go hang out at the family reunion, but all the while in the room, issues are in the room while we're there. That's not a good following behavior going forward. And ultimately, with a lot of things challenging the fabric of our family culture, that's one of the things that I see as a huge challenge that no matter what type of relationship you have, we all have to develop the skills and the patience and the understanding, which for me, understanding means and if Romeo is a little bit more emotionally intelligent than his father, it means, hey, you're going to have to offer your father a whole lot of grace if he's, give, if he's at least baby stepping forward to the process. And that's the thing where when people talk about, oh, I drew a boundary. Yeah, but boundaries have grace if, if a human is willing to make progress. Thank you, Jonathan. And I just wanted to add, like, the only thing with me when it comes to, like, these public platforms is that people love drama, right? Like, the only reason we've probably seen these videos is because somebody wanted to get into some drama and they reposted it, so on and so forth, okay? So with that being said, unfortunately, when you put stuff like this out into the open in the public, then there's going to be people that are going to egg it on. And, you know, and it's also going to be fueled by that as well. So, like, the reason they're probably going back and forth now publicly is because one person went public. Now, in order to save face, another person got to go public, you know what I'm saying? Um, And so sometimes that type of stuff can get fueled negatively. And that's the unfortunate part, in my opinion, of doing things like this in the public. But anywho, um, I think it was Ronnie first and then Stack and then Jay. It was Stack. Stack was okay. Yeah, he can go ahead, then I'll go. Thank you. No, go, go ahead, Ronnie. We haven't heard from you in a while, I, man. I, we'll, we'll swap with you. it, brother. Uh, no, so, so <laughs> that'll be pretty quick. Uh, I just want to speak on... Uh, so, Rod Kim, I like how you broke down. Basically, how they both can kind of reconcile. Because I think that's the ultimate goal. We want them both to reconcile. I think everybody who's watching this on the outside want them to reconcile, at least the majority of us. Some people love the drama. But the only issue that I see with reconciliation is that there's a difference in the generations in how we approach mental issues. So from the perspective of Romeo, he's more closer to probably my era and our, you know, our era and things like that, where it's, 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 it's open season for this stuff. We talk about mental health on a consistent basis. We talk about trauma and how things from our childhood affect us and, you know, how we grow up and now how we're trying to heal and deal with all of those type of stuff. So we're a little more open to that type of stuff from our generation. I'm making assumptions, but Master P's generation, I would assume it's probably like my father's generation where it was the, you know, those hardcore men that barely showed emotion that, you know, you got to be tough and 
you know, you can have a whole bunch of things going on, you know, in your life that overwhelms you, but you can't, you can't show it. You got to fight through it. Right. So that's the disconnect between the two of them. You know, so what probably has to happen in order to get to reconciliation and and Jonathan kind of touched on it a little bit, it's probably going to have to come from Romeo's perspective. He's going to have to push harder for this with his father. Um, it may sound kind of, you know, unfortunate because, oh, he's the father. The father's supposed to, but the father may not be well-versed in that arena, you know? So now Romeo being the grown man that he is, right? We're talking man versus man, right? He has to push because maybe he's a little more evolved in that area than his father. That's probably the only way that they're going to reconcile some of these things. Because I, I can just imagine Master P is probably stubborn. You know, he's like, son, I raised you. You know, I gave you everything you have, man. Like, you know, if you want to come talk to me, talk to me. You know, he's he's tough. You know, he's not going to show much emotion. But Romeo's like, bro, I'm dealing with this stuff and I can identify. And we all are super aware to trauma nowadays and how it affects our lives as adults. So that's that's my two cents on that reconciliation piece. Yes, thank you, Ronnie. Completely agree with all of that. Um, Steph? Yeah, so like even as I was just sitting back listening, like I looked it up and Masterpiece 52 and Romeo's 33. So I'm like, man, he had this dude at 19. Um, and, and again, I don't I don't pretend to know uh, all of his story of how he came up to to get to the space that he's uh, in today. Um but I think there, there was a point that was being made earlier that I wanted to lean in on because uh, a lot of times we talk about things like generational wealth. And I do agree. I, I, I think that at least most of us on this space that are, are listening tonight are rooting for reconciliation or, or I'd, I'd argue all of us are that we, we don't want to watch the world burn here um, is I just wanted to speak to what I think healthy would look like, which would be a space a, as a man, uh, as a grown man that, you know, has a relationship with my dad, that what healthy would look like is saying, okay, dad, these are the things that you learned. Um, that are you know timeless and good and and helpful uh and i and i appreciate these things that you did that turned into a positive outcome and hey here's here's how some things have changed possibly in the world um just because i i know that's personally been some of my dynamic with with my own dad of and you guys have heard me say some of this in in previous spaces of that my dad grew up as a saver, um, his mentality more around, uh, money was more around you, you go and you earn it. Like you go, you work, you earn it. I got my diligence from watching him, uh, and, and my mom just have good work ethic. And, for me, I was the blend of, okay, I'm going to work hard, but I determined at an early age, I want the money that I make to work at least as hard as I do, if not harder. So 
my my hope would be that they are able to reconcile and, and blend of hey dad here's some of the positive things of the new school stuff because somebody said it and I wanted to be able to give credit to it uh, but I just I don't remember of maybe it was uh, Jonathan of talking about the you know previous generation was just more looking at things of like hey we ain't got money we just got to get the money if we can get the money we'll solve problems and then get into a space of okay now we've got some and realize the money alone does not solve the problems now we got to deal with some of the things that maybe having a little bit more resources now gives you a little bit more time to actually sit back and think and move up, I guess, that Maslow's hierarchy to some of that self-actualization, which is why you guys hear me say it every week that wealth goes beyond our bank account to the, to the people or the persons we're becoming um, so that we can be fully human, which I think that's actually the greatest, like one of the greatest goals to have is not just the money, but to say, man, I can have a full, human experience um, of of understanding why I'm here on on earth and how I can help others and the world can be a better place because because I was able to be here for how many years however many years I was able to be here for um, so that's that's what I root for in their dynamic and really it's what I root for with everyone I meet any people that I work with is that ultimately you get in a good enough space financially to now really focus on the stuff that actually matters in life, which moves you towards actually building real wealth. Yeah. I think that that's uh, so spot on. So uh, deep. I actually, I was trying to, I was trying to allude to that when I, um, was talking, I was trying to plug you up a little bit because I know you do talk about wealth being more than just within your wallet or your bank account. I also think that's interesting. You point out their age. So, uh, so my dad is 50 this year and I'm 32 this year. So like the, the age dynamic, I think definitely plays a role or has an influence here, but I want to go to Jay and then, uh, Stephen Hughes, I saw your hand was up. I don't know if you still want to talk, but if you do, we'll pass it over to you. Okay. Hey, everybody. There were two big lessons that I took from this this scenario, and it's only been playing out for about 48 hours, so I feel like if this kid's getting dragged out, we'll see more. Um, but the two takeaways I got are the importance of emotional maturity um, and self-care, and then the second one being uh, the importance of being careful who you have business dealings with. So when it, came to, when it comes to the emotional maturity and self-care, I think we've touched on it a few times tonight, so I won't belabor the point, but the importance of taking accountability. So many times in this conversation, um, I've seen people try to choose one side as though there was just one person that was going to be right at the end of the day. And if we're honest, um, there's like both people, it seems, and it's been brought up before, both people have a role to play in this. So it's not like Masterpiece should have done this or Romeo should have done that. Like Percy is a regular human just like Romeo is a regular human and they're going to make mistakes. So the fact that both of them need to take accountability, but then also for their own well-being, if the other person never takes accountability, how do they plan to move forward? And I feel like that's the part that they need to work on from the outside looking in, that they have 
acknowledge that both of them are hurt. And I've seen more of the um, Romeo side of the argument lately of him saying how his dad is someone who really likes social media. So there's an image that his dad likes to put out there and how his family lives uh, month to month, paycheck to paycheck. And while it looked like they were doing well on the outside, it wasn't. And how when um, Romeo's sister passed away due to mental health issues, he called the family meeting and said, we need to discuss this. And Master P just constantly turned down that conversation. And maybe he wasn't ready for that conversation at that time. But like the way that there were these walls built up and neither of them, for whatever reason, seemed to like they seemed to be reaching out to each other when the other person was hurt. So it wasn't landing safely. It wasn't landing in a good place for them to hear each other. It was just too much pain there. Um, and then as far as the second level or the second point when it comes to business, it I really want to believe Master P is his mastermind when it comes to business, mainly because that Solange album, Seat at the Table, he was in like every interlude talking about all the things he knew from business. So in my mind, I'm like, of course, he's, he's got it together. Like Solange told me, so it must be true. But then I started to see the amount of evidence that came out to the contrary of he doesn't always have good dealings and how there was bankruptcy issues or whatever else was going on with Silk and Mystical, whoever else was in the camp. So it's hard for anybody on the outside to really be in a position to say, like, this is where it needs to go. But it reminded me of the importance of making sure you're aware of who you're doing business with and having things in paper. And one of the things that I see financial coaches encourage people to do during this time of year is to talk with their family when they're all together. Like, does grandma have a will? And um, where does this, who does the house go to when this happens? But making sure that stuff is written down so that when life inevitably happens, it's some type of smooth transition. It's just not like, a oh, uh, there's nothing to document or how we're moving forward. Um, and like y'all all said, I want them to reconcile. I really do. But I also don't want to know anything else about this story. <laughs> like, shout out to social media that keeps making me learn more and more about what's going on with Meg and Tory Lanez in court and what's going on. Y'all see now that, like, Bow Wow and Jermaine Dupree and um, DeBrat are all going back and forth. And I'm just like, what happened? I felt like I curated a clean social media timeline, and now I'm just getting attacked with a bunch of information that I just don't need to know. Uh, so I hope this all resolves itself and I never need to know anything about it. I'll just put them on the prayer list. Uh, and with that, I will also turn it back over to Steven. <laughs> I, 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 I normally don't uh, just jump in out of turn, um, but, but I have to dive in after Jay and saying I could not agree with you anymore. The amount of things that I scroll past and just keep it moving to the next thing is insane. Um, or muting things. Um, it's unfortunate that I feel that people, and I don't want to put this on any specific community, specifically, particularly not our own, because I think it's just a human thing to want to know about, you know, like the latest gossip and all that kind of stuff. Um, I just personally have very little patience and tolerance for putting mental energy towards things that are not helping me personally build for myself and those I love. Um, so sometimes that kind of makes me itch. <laughs> you know what I mean? What I see a lot of just chatter and noise on other people's stuff, but we're not building personally or, or for ourselves and for those we love.
you know, I'm I'm, so, I'm I'm not surprised uh, about the mess at the end of the year because it's holiday season. I mean, we've seen last Christmas and all the Christmas movies. There's usually some wild stuff that goes on at the end of the year around family. Like we talk about all types of stuff. And so it's not crazy to me that it's being played like celebrity family challenges are being played out on social media because they generally get paid for this on TV. Like if they're on a TV show to have these things play out as well. So this, this ain't even, I just keep scrolling, which is why I don't know all the details of this story. But I was going to say um, real quick that uh, in regards to the expectation of Romeo being the person in this situation to like uh, bring Pete to like talking about his emotions or even maybe seeking a counselor or whatever. Um, I just think back to my personal experience of being a kid, of being a, a first generation American from my family. And I mean, both of my parents are from Jamaica. Like they are, they are set in their ways. They in their sixties. They, there's but so many things that they gonna change um, at, in 2022. And so if they are gonna change in 2022, like it's gonna take some uh, grace and guidance, probably from my end, because I'm accepting of I'm accepting of like all the things that they are as human beings and my parents at this point. And I mean, I know we've seen it get played out in, in social media, but I think that in a position where you are, uh, like Ronnie said, you're in this generation where we have more tools than our parents did in this area, right? Um, like, Romeo's uncle is C. Murder. There's but so many, I mean, there's, there's some things that you're going to be challenged with when you when your father and your uncle are growing up in the way they did. And so I think um, the tools and resources just have to be exercised. No matter which generation they're coming from, they got to be exercised for the family. And so um, I love what Jay said just about taking accountability. But even in reconciliation, you um, you can't have the expectation that the other person is going to take accountability because you are taking your accountability. And so um, things can still be reconciled without someone, like, apologizing or taking accountability for the, the uh, place that they played in mess or in a, a challenge or a problem. Because if you can take the accountability for yourself and get clear on um, your process of getting through the, the challenge, then that may be, whether we like it or not, that may be the reconciliation that we have on the table. And so um, I think it'll end differently than that. But, you know, I think we can take some things from these experiences, even though we don't want to see it play out on social media. We can be, like, transparent and vulnerable with ourselves that this may be us off of social media. Like, we may have to take these, opportunities and experiences in our own families off of social media, especially around um, the topic of money, you know, because our past generations have been challenged. And so um, that's just something to think about. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Thank you uh, to both to Stevens and to Jay for, uh, for bringing us home. We have, one more hand up and we're about seven minutes over time, but this is such a good conversation. So I would, I do want us to kind of land the plane. So I'll take this last speaker and then, um, and then we'll wrap it up. 
Hey, y'all. Thank you. Um, jumped on a little late. Um, first of all, just, you know, prayers up to their family, uh, the whole Miller family. But um, I think the biggest thing, like, you know, is, um, you know, as far as wrapping it up, is that their struggles are typically, even though we build them up as, like, superhuman or they don't have issues, their struggles are our struggles. I think there's, in, within every family, there are certain families where people are good with money or have a little bit better understanding with money. And then there are those people who don't um, have quite as good understanding or are quite as competent with money. So especially during these holidays, um, it's vital to have those conversations. Uh, one thing that Romeo said um, is that, you know, regardless of what is old or not old or whatever, is that he felt that he didn't have the financial tools to be as successful as he would like to be. And he also said that he felt his brothers and sisters didn't have the financial tools. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they didn't have opportunities, because I'm sure um, P provided a lot of opportunities for them. But regardless, at this point in time, he said that he feels like he's broke and he feels like his sisters and brothers and sisters are broke and that that responsibility now has fallen within the head of the household. The head of the household could be anybody. It could be a daughter, it could be a sister, it could be an auntie. But a lot of times they're just head of the households when tragedy happens, when dire circumstances happens, when somebody passes, like, oh, are we collecting, are we collecting the plate or how are we going to get by? They tend to turn to somebody in the family. And most of the people probably in this room within their own families, those are the people who are going to turn to you because you tend to have maybe a little bit more savviness or a little bit more understanding of money. And it's important that even though money is part of the, the equation, really it is, is building family structures that allow for not just money, but inheritance. How is your passing on your inheritance? How are you passing on your legacy to build people that are just fully operating, fully um, functional people? So I encourage every single one of you before the end of the year to have this conversation, not necessarily about Pete and about Romeo, but the conversations about <clears throat> how are you guys feeling? Check in. How are you feeling if something were to happen with your spouse? How would you feel if something were to happen with your mom or sister? Because unfortunately, as human beings, we function as if things won't happen. You know, we're all going to come into financial circumstances where, you know, people who we depend on might not be there. And if we are not, if we don't have a plan or we are underplanned, um, you're going to have these scenarios. So um, thank you guys for addressing this, you know, crucial issue with specifically black families, because I feel like <clears throat> black families tend not to have this discussion as much as maybe some other minority groups and but families as a whole. So um, thank you for letting me share my little two cents on this matter. Thank you for sharing. I'm going to let uh, Tiffany bring us all the way home and shut us down. 
All right. Thank you so much, Rakim, and everybody else who spoke tonight and, you know, gave their two cents on this subject. Uh, Like he said, it's very, very important that we have these conversations. So I'm glad that you all were here to provide your energy and your thoughts around this topic. And just a reminder for everybody else that's in here, um, this is Finn Noir, Space for Black Money Talk. We do this every Monday at 9 p.m. We usually go for an hour more or less. Um, But we talk about different topics as it relates to our community um, and what's important for us. So if you are in the room, make sure that you're following all these wonderful speakers up here, because as you can see, we have a lot to talk about in regards to money and things of our community. And like I said, I appreciate everyone that came out tonight and we hope to see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient.